Can we one more time give the Lord a big clap of praise? You don't have a seat. So today we're kind of in part two of a three-part series. Last week we talked about offense and we talked about some of the painful things that often emerge that kind of rob us from our joy. Maybe some of the, some, some of the things that come over us that, that cause us to question who we are. And the offense, that it's the bait of Satan. It's the bait. It's, it's, the, it's the trap. There's a book by John uh, Bevere that talks about the bait, the trap, and how offense he lays right on that bear trap. And if we'll take the offense, it closes it on us. And, and what we do is that if we allow offense to dwell in our hearts, it turns to, to anger, it turns to malice, it turns to rage. And we've got to be careful not to take the bait. Of offense. That's what we talked about last week, and, and we let the Word of God speak to us in a very real, real way. In fact, I just want to mention next week is probably my favorite of all the three weeks where we talk about overcoming labels that tend to bind us. It's weird, it's so true, but we often become what we call ourselves. We often become what we call ourselves, and, and our children become what we call them. That's why I make it a habit every day to call my children blessed, to call them courageous, to call them bold, to call them loving, because that's who I want them to be. I don't speak negative attributes over them because they become what we call them. And too many times we allow the wrong voices to speak into us. And, 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 and too many times we allow those voices to, to just to, to, uh, to dictate who we are. And so we have to be careful about overcoming labels because they're real. And we're going to attack that next week. I don't want to get too much into it because I want you to come back. I don't want to preach it now. But tonight, I mean, sorry, this morning we're going to go into week two of this series. And my prayer today for you is that this would free you in such a way that you realize that you can live free from shame. Shame something that, that can hold our calling. What, what, what we feel... It's when we feel that we aren't worth His blessings. Or when we feel that we aren't even worth the breath that we breathe. And those are real emotions that sometimes we tell ourselves. And yes, it is extreme, but it's stuff that we, that we deal with. And what it does is shame puts a chokehold on us and makes us feel that we have failed. So I want to show you in God's Word today and help free you from that shame or the potential of shame. Would you help me pray? Over this message this morning. Lord God, I thank you so much for what you've done so far. God, I'm asking you that you'd be in this place today. God, Lord, that, 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 that you would just touch us in such a way that we know it was the Holy Spirit who touched us. That we know it was your word that set us free. So God, we come to you right now. And we ask that you would just be here, God. That you'd be with my mouth as I speak. I don't want this to be words that I say, God. But I want this to be words spoken from heaven, God, I, I, want, I want this to be something from you that's spoken through your servant right now, God, Lord, that you would come in here and just bless us. Lord God, be my mouth as I speak, Lord, because you know I can't do this on my own. Lord, I pray that you would bind every guilt, you would bind every doubt, you would bind that emotion of shame that it no longer bothers us. That it's your grace that holds us now. So God, open up our minds to know. Open up our ears to hear. And open up our eyes to see the truth of your word today. And it's in your name we pray. And everybody said. Amen. 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 
So today is a, uh, it's a tough message. It's a hard message. It is a painful message. It's, it's, and, and I want to warn you before we get going, it's a little bit heavy. It's really heavy. So I just want to prepare you before I get going that, that we're going to talk about a deeply painful emotion known as shame. It can be dark. It can be painful. But after the dark stuff, after the painful stuff, we're going to get into God's word and allow his word to set us free. You see, what's so interesting to me is that when you start to look at shame, it's a proof of fact that around Christmas time and, and the holidays, a lot of people seem to battle shame for their past more than other times of the year. But it's not just for that time of the year. It's something that we deal with at any time and at any age. And as a matter of fact, I call shame this right here. Shame is a soul-crushing emotion that sometimes causes us to question who we really are. And I want to say that again because I want to set the tone for this message, okay? Shame is a soul-crushing emotion that sometimes causes us to question who we are. In fact, I bet most of you can think back to, to your childhood. You can probably remember some of the first times that you did something or experienced something where you felt shame in your life. Whether it was taking something from someone to calling somebody a name, maybe a bad choice that you made. Something that after you did it, you felt shame inside to where you, you put the, the, the what with the who and you said, because I did that, I am bad. And you started to develop this emotion of shame. And I can remember the first time I really, really, really felt shame. I was a little bitty kid. Well, I was never really small. I was always a big kid. I was short. I was a short kid. Don't laugh at that. It's not funny. I was a short kid. I went to kids' church. I was a pastor's kid. I had a really good friend. We liked to talk. Knew we weren't supposed to talk. I was a pastor's kid, right? And not at least talk to church. I'm supposed to be the example. People are supposed to look up to me. I'm a pastor's kid, right? And y'all know me. I'm so innocent. Never done anything wrong, right? Hey, you. You're. See? See? No, that wasn't me. So me and my friend decided to talk during the, during the kids' church. We got called out. Don't talk anymore. Well, I, I took it a step further. And we decided to, hey, let's talk even more. Don't judge me. We caused a disruption in kids' church, and we got caught again. This time we got called out. And I remember when that happened. I remember the first thought that came to my mind was, I'm the pastor's kid. So the rest of the service, the only thing I could think of was, is he going to tell my dad? He can't tell my dad. He cannot tell my dad. Not going to happen. Cannot. I mean, cannot. He's a pastor. He'd be embarrassed. I'd be embarrassed. I would get a whooping. He cannot tell my dad. So thinking it would stop the problem, as soon as kids are over, I walked up to him and I said, sir, I'm sorry. Thinking that that would solve the issue, right? It would stop right there. So I did what I thought I needed to do. And shame, shame was all over me. I felt that not because of what I did, but because I got caught. <laughs> so I felt shame inside. So I walked into the sanctuary and I saw him and my dad talking. And then I got the eye. You guys know the eye. I'm talking about the eye, like the eye. That 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 eye that pierces through everything between him and me, and when it reaches me, it pierces the very soul, causing a gaping hole inside of me, causing me to a deep swallow and shallow breathing. That type of eye. 
I'm talking like, you, you, you know when you've got the eye. And at that moment, I knew, I knew my life was over. I knew that my life was over. I felt so much shame after that incident because I was guilty. And at that moment, I was guilty and I felt shame. And in fact, if you're taking notes this morning, I want you to know that there's a difference between guilt and shame. You see, guilt is, is knowing that I did bad. Shame is, idea, is the idea that I am bad. Guilt is, is, is knowing that what I did was wrong. But shame is telling myself that I am a bad person. What we do is we connect the what with the who. We connect with what we did with who we are. I did bad, therefore I am bad. You see, I thought in that moment that my dad had rejected me. I thought in that moment that I had done something so horrific to him. And as a child, you've got to understand, you don't think of anything major. You think of those little things, those, those small things. To me, I thought that was the worst thing in the entire world, that I had embarrassed the pastor of the church. So I had told myself that I am a bad kid because of what I did. Because let me tell you something, shame is something that can affect the smallest children all the way to the oldest adult. Years went by and I continued to do things that convinced me I'm a bad person. High school, I dealt with anger. I dealt with a lot of anger. I was mad and I don't know why I dealt with so much anger. Maybe it's because I saw some of the things Dad had to deal with and go through. And I, I, I saw that firsthand and I, I was mad. I, 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 I was angry. So one day we were playing a, a pickup basketball game and I decided to take my anger out on a chair. The chair won. <laughs> I broke my foot. Mom asked me how it happened. happened. Once again, I did bad, therefore I am bad, right? Guilt, shame, consumed me. I chose in that instant that it'd be better to tell my mom something different so I didn't have to cause more shame to her. I didn't want her to know that the pastor was getting messed up. It would have embarrassed her, so I lied. And we all know that that adds another layer of shame to your life. So I said, well, you know, Mom, I just went for a rebound, came down the wrong way, foot broke. You know what happens all the time? And the minute it came out of my mouth, an emotion came over me that I hadn't felt in a, quite a while, that I did that, therefore I am that. My mom called my bluff, and I realized very quickly that it's better to tell the truth the first time. Because it wasn't just a broken foot now. No. But that's what shame does. Shame makes us do things out of character. Shame makes us say things we wish we'd never said. Shame makes us do things we wish we never did. And said it's something that I kept telling myself. So what happened? It, it, it grew and it went on. And I went to college, was in, it was, was, was in a couple relationships, and they all broke it off with me saying they weren't really into it anymore because I had this internal shame that I had never really dealt with. I stopped going to classes, and after my uh, first year, I failed, and I moved home. I did bad, therefore I am bad. So I go home and, and pastor's kid again at the same church where I get the chair. And I kept getting questions about, well, hey, why'd you move home? And to keep from reliving that shame all over again, I well, you know, I just felt like it was time. Didn't tell them I had to. Which added once again another layer of shame. Now, long story short, you know, I... I anxiousness set in and, and shame became a trap for me and the deeper I got into it the worse I felt and I felt that I was a disappointment to my parents. I felt that I needed a change so so I, I, 
I said, you know what? I'm enough with this. I got to get back with God. I got to do things the right way. I got to do what I know I should do. So, so I got right with God. I did things right. I went back to school and I graduated. The rest is history. But the, but the reality is, if we don't allow the Holy Spirit to cover our shame, then no matter what situation we find ourselves in, we continue to tell ourselves, I did bad, therefore I am bad. You see, I wore this jacket of shame. There may be some of you today that have had some kind of secret that you're carrying. And that you don't want anybody to know. And inside, because of that, you would embrace your horrible person. Maybe you told a lie about somebody. Maybe, maybe you're carrying that lie. Perhaps you looked at something you shouldn't look at. Because of that, you feel I'm a bad person. Maybe it's your past. It's a rough past. And, and you tell yourself, man, if they only know what I did, they wouldn't let me serve. Man, if they only know what I did, they wouldn't let me inside the doors. And what it is, is it's lies from the enemy. It's lies from the enemy. And he's trying to control and tell you who you are. Shame. Shame. I told you it's going to be deep today. It's going to be dark. You connect the what with the who because of my guilt. I'm a bad person. Before long, you put words to it. And what we start to tell ourselves is, is I am damaged. I, I'm broken. I'm flawed. I'm dirty. I'm ugly. I'm impure. I'm disgusting. I'm unlovable. I'm weak. I am pitiful. I am insignificant. I'm worthless. I'm unwanted. They don't need me. Be better off without me. And we start to, because we become what we call ourselves. <coughs> and we've not truly let the Holy Spirit work in us in such a way where He can wrap His grace around His shame and change us. I was wearing this jacket of shame. And I didn't realize at the time that Jesus had died to free me from that. Right? Yes. Told you it would be heavy. So I, I, and I want to allow it to be heavy for just a little bit more before we dive into the Word of God and what it says. In a biblical counseling, one of the things that's so real is the idea of what they call shame-based thinking. Shame-based thinking. It's when the who of who you think you are is, is covered by something that you did and you start to embrace the negative view of who you are and you adopt what they call a shame-based mindset. And there's two big ideas of how this impacts us. Number one is we think that now if we are to be accepted, we have to be perfect. Because I messed up, I must now be perfect for people to accept me. And this person puts way too much pressure on themselves and we attempt to silence our shame and we think the only way that we'll ever amount to anything in this life is if we live error free. We want to silence the shame by trying to perform at the highest place that we can and show people, look, I'm not that bad. Look, I made it. Look, I did it. And the whole time we're lying to ourselves. Because we haven't let the Holy Spirit work in us to deal with that inner shame. Let me tell you something. There's only one perfect man to ever walk this earth. Do you hear me? There's only one perfect man that ever walked this earth. You and I are not that person. That person is Jesus Christ. And now, now that's not a get out of jail free card. You can go live the way you want to. But what it is, is you realize that I am not perfect. I will mess up. But it's not who I am. It's an incident. It's, it's something that happened. It's a chapter to my story, but it's not the entire book. You can't let it to define you. And, it, and, and when, what happens is when you live in this way, when you feel like you have to be perfect, it only adds more shame in your life. The second thing is this. We, when we are critical of ourselves, it makes us critical of everybody else too. 
We're very, very hard on ourselves. And, and in turn, it makes us hard on other people. You see, what happens is we see our own faults mirrored in everybody else. And when we see our own faults in other people, we, we become judgmental of them. And they and then they perceive us as arrogant or self-righteous. And, and that's why you may observe sometimes when you find somebody who is angry, that person is dealing with a very dark, very real, very secret shame. Why? Because they reflect their weakness and see it in themselves. Because they hate the very thing that dwells inside of them. And then what happens is they, they push people away and they don't let anybody get close because what do we do? We focus on the worst possible outcome, saying this bad thing is going to happen and they're never going to like me and I'm never going to amount to anything and we'll never have a close relationship. So through my own faults, I end up destroying every potential relationship that I can have because I have not allowed Jesus to deal with my shame. Does that make sense this morning? And I understand these are extreme situations. I get that. But we deal with shame on an everyday level. And I'll use this one example since it's the season that I'm in. And I'm, listen, I'm going to tell you. I'm about to open up my heart and let you see it all. And I hope you're okay with that. I'm going to let you see the good and I'm going to let you see the, 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 the bad. Once again, we're not perfect. What happens? I love pastoring. I love ministry. With all my heart, I love it with everything that I am. It's the calling that God placed upon me. It's what He's purposed me for. It's where He is. I love it. I do. I love coming in and spending time with God. I love worshiping. I love praying. I love seeing people's needs get met. I love it. But let me tell you something it's hard. It's hard. It is difficult. It is stressful. Sometimes it's overcoming. It's, it is overwhelming. And, 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 and here's what happens. We, we, we try to do everything that we know God has called us to do. And, and that's why it's important to always pray for your pastor. To always pray for me because it's what God's called me to do. But it can be lonely at times. Because what happens is that we all do it. Maybe the crowd's a little low this week. Maybe ties are just a little bit down. And what happens is we develop this mindset. Okay, well, what did I do wrong? See, shame. Shame. Or maybe there's some change that's happened. And, and maybe maybe some things don't look the way it's always done. Maybe somebody doesn't talk to me for just a little while. And it could be a legit reason like, hey, I'm sick and I just don't want to get you sick. But because that's happened, we develop this mindset of, well, what did I do wrong? Shame. You see, I'm not immune. I'm not perfect either. And see, we we do it too. And, and, and it happens to us. And, 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 here's, and here's what happens. Shame, because of all these emotions that I go through, all these emotions that I deal with, Amy comes home now with a less than acceptable test score. Where I get a note from Israel's teacher that he throws a block and hits a kid in the head. And by the way, it didn't happen. It's not out of the realm of possibilities of something that he would do. <laughs> Let's <laughs> just be real this morning. And because of everything that I'm experiencing in myself, and now I see this at home, now what do I do? I lash out and I do something out of character. Why? Because I'm not letting God deal with the shame inside of my heart. Or maybe comes home, she's had a bad day at school and just wants to talk, but I don't want to talk because I'm upset. You see, we deal with that. It is a very real emotion that we all deal with that happens to us. You have a project at work. You've been working on it. You want to impress the boss. doesn't work out the way you want it to. And you come home upset. You feel pressure. 
Because as a man of the house, you have to provide and pay the bills, but things aren't adding up. You feel pressure because you just got the rent. You don't want to tell the wife. It could be a number of many different things. Well, now you walk into an unclean house, and it's not bad, but maybe a, a vacuum here and there. You see a test score from a child you don't like. You come home to a medical bill you weren't expecting because you thought insurance would pay for it, and it didn't even cover half. Has that ever happened to anyone? Come on, am I speaking to somebody? <laughs> and what do we do? Because of what we dealt with at work, because of the situation outside of our control, we come home and now we experience this, and now we say something and we do something out of character because we've shamed ourselves. And we take the what with the who and we say, because I did bad, because I didn't live up to my potential, because I didn't do everything that I should have, because I did bad, therefore I am bad. And now everybody else suffers because of it. Am I talking to somebody? You're at a table. Somebody lashes out for no reason at all. Where'd that come from? Recognize that somebody might be dealing with some internal shame that causes them to say something hurtful. And this ties so much to last week because it's easy to hold offense in our heart over, over, over that person. But let me tell you something again. We have to understand that hurting people do what? They hurt people. Hurting people hurt people. So therefore, when somebody lashes out and hurts me, maybe that's my red flag. That, hey, maybe i got to reach out to them and help them. Maybe I don't hold offense anymore in my heart. Maybe I'm not going to feel shameful anymore. But rather, that's my opportunity to let Jesus shine through me to them. Yes. Today is my deepest prayer that our God would do a healing work and set some people free from this emotion of shame. My prayer for you comes out of Isaiah chapter 54. And if you've got your Bibles, turn there with me. Isaiah chapter 54. It's going to be up on the screen if you don't. Give you just a minute. Isaiah chapter 54, verse number 4. This right here is what God is speaking to Israel. And I believe it's what God is speaking to us today. Isaiah 54, verse 4. Watch it. It says, don't be afraid. You will not be put to shame. Do not fear disgrace. You will not be humiliated. You will forget the shame of your youth and remember no more the reproach of your widowhood. The New Living Translation says it like this. Fear not. You will no longer live in shame. Did you hear that? You will no longer live in shame. Don't be afraid. There's no more disgrace for you. You will no longer remember the shame of your youth. You will no longer live in shame. Why is it that if you know Jesus, that if we have Him in us and allow the Holy Spirit to work through us, how is it that we can be completely free from this emotion of shame? Because 1 John chapter 1, verse number 9 tells me that if we confess our sins, He is what? Faithful and just. We're going to get back to that in a moment. Faithful and just that will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. That's what the Bible says, that if we just give it to Him, He can cleanse us. Because let me tell you something, He's already cleansed it. He's already died on the cross. He already died for that shame. Because here's what happens. Our good God forgave us. If anybody calls on Him, He is faithful to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If our God is that good and His forgiveness is that real, 
then why do we sometimes often continue to live in shame? Maybe you've known Jesus for a long time and you know the truth up here in your mind, but you don't quite embrace it inside your heart. You see that there's a difference between the two. And I want to explain that. In the Old Testament, God's people were in bondage. They were in slavery. What happened? 430 years. 430 years. They were in slavery. They were in bondage. Your, here's, here's what happens. Your parents were slaves. Your grandparents were slaves. For weeks upon weeks. Years upon years. Decades upon decades. Centuries upon centuries. You were slaves. That's all you know. And the who they are. What the, what the situation, what the circumstance told them is that they are worthless. My life's not valuable. I am a slave. So if you know the story, God raised up Moses. And Moses went before him. He said, let my people go. And he, he granted him that. And he released the people. And it was over four centuries later, free from slavery. What happened though? They were free outwardly, but they weren't slaves. They were still slaves inside. They were a slave to the shame of who of the who from their past. Let me say it this way. Egypt was not yet out of them yet. They might have been out of Egypt. But Egypt wasn't out of them. They might have been free the outward slavery. But inside they were still slaves to that emotion of shame. How do I know this? How do I know that they dealt with this? Because all they did was complain, 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 complain. Everything was a complaint. Everything, not enough food, not enough water. And even, even after God provided for them the blessings of being free and the, and the amenities that came with it are right in front of them. Well, Moses isn't even a good leader. We'd be better off if I was dead. Read it. That's what, that, that's what they tell themselves. They never overcame the shame inside of their heart. So all they knew to do, even in their blessing, was to complain. There's a lot of people today that they can't even see the blessing that's right in front of them because all they can think to do with their mind is complain about things that happened in the past. Come on. Did you hear what I said this morning? Some people live in shame because they don't realize that God's already freed them. It's right in front of them, but they can't see it. Because their judgment is clouded by everything that they think the world says that they are. But I'm not what the world says that I am. I'm who Jesus says that I am. The problem is that so many of us know that we may intellectually know in our mind Jesus forgave my sins. Jesus made me new. But in my heart... Because it's not yet grounded in Christ, we're still polluted by the past shame that holds us hostage and keeps us from living the full life that God really wants to live. It's heavy. Here's the bottom line. And you can jot this down. For those types of people, they're still believing they are something that God says they are not. They still believe they are something that God says they are not a shame-based mindset that warps who they think that they are. Have you ever heard of the person who isn't sick but claims they're sick and they become sick? I see some nonsense of laughing, so I know you guys know what I'm talking about. It's a real thing. I've seen cases of people who were healthy as healthy can be, but have claimed it over themselves that they're sick, therefore became sick. 
Why don't we start claiming things over us that is good? Why don't we start saying things like, I am blessed, I am joyful, I am courageous, I am an overcomer, I am who he says that I am. Why don't we start saying things like that instead of saying, well, I'm poor and I'm in debt and I don't have this and I don't have that and I'm sick and I need... Why do we keep doing that to ourselves when that shame of us doing is controlling who the world says that they are? You hear me this morning? Here's what happens. I'm going to explain it like this. Seth, if you could come help me. God help us. I want you to wear my jacket of shame. I want you to unzip that. I want you to put it on. I get it. I know it's hot in here, buddy, and it's a really thick jacket. But you know why I picked the heavy jacket? Because shame can be heavy. It can weigh on you. Come on. You see where I'm going with this? Shame can be heavy. So what I have here is I have the jacket of shame and I have a transparency box. In this box is everything that shame has tried to do to me. Everything that I have believed about myself. Everything that you might have believed about yourself is in this box of transparency. And if we'll be transparent with ourselves and with each other, we'll realize we feel ashamed a lot more than we'd like to admit. Now what I'm about to do is show you some different things that, that maybe we reveal or maybe we keep hitting that can cause us this emotion of shame. Now these things might not pertain to you, but some of them might be a part of your story. And I want to show you what Jesus can do with your shame. Have you ever lacked self-control? Have you ever held a grudge? Have you ever been jealous? Come on. Have you ever been lazy? Have you ever been slothful? Have you ever been a cheater? Have you ever cheated on something? Have, have you ever been a lover of money? All of these things develop a, a, a mindset of shame inside your heart. Have you ever been lustful? Come on now. Have you, have you ever been a busybody? What I mean by that, have you ever kept yourself so busy that you've neglected everybody else around you and it was time to, to spend time with people and the time is over and you realize, why did I do that? Why did I stay so busy? Why did I waste time that I could have spent with somebody else? And you develop this, this shame that I shouldn't have done what I did. Have you, have you ever lied? Have you ever spread a rumor? Have you have you ever gossiped? Have you ever have, have, have you ever been angry? Have you ever been a complainer? And all these things, the more that we add to ourselves of this jacket of shame, the more weighted down that we become. Turn around. Heaven has, has ever been your parenting. My God, I'm going to stay here for just a moment. Have you ever let your kids go to bed and the only thing on your mind was, I wish I hadn't said that. Wish I hadn't done that. Wish I had acted that way. I don't want my kid to go to bed thinking that I'm upset with him. I don't want my son to go to bed thinking that dad is bad. I want him to know that I love him and that I'm proud of him. Has anybody ever felt that way when that shame has come over them? Have you ever had to take anything that's not yours? Have you ever been untrustworthy? Have you ever been a lover of yourself? Have you ever lacked performance at a job where you felt shame and you didn't perform the way that you thought you should have? My God. My God, have you ever been drunk? Have you ever lashed out at somebody? Have you ever been unloving? 
bonus. Missed the spot. There it is. Have you ever ate too much? You felt bad about it? I'm a Jake. Come on now. And these are things that we tell ourselves. And these are things that weigh us down. And these are things that we live with. They're things that we allow to control us. They're, they're, they put us in shame. And what happens is we rethink and we relive every moment that has ever brought us the most shame. And when we, re, when we re, relive those moments, when we rehearse those moments in our lives, our countenance changes. And all that joy that you saw before now, because the world has labeled him as this, because he has labeled himself as this, now life isn't so good anymore. I'm shameful. I'm ashamed of what I've done. I'm ashamed of what I said. I'm ashamed of what I did. Because the biggest challenge, okay, that most of us face is getting over what we did. Let me speak something over you today. And let this word set you free. Acts chapter 13 says, through him everyone who believes is set free from every sin. A justification you are not able to obtain under the law of Moses. Romans chapter 4. He was delivered over to death for our sins and was raised to life for our justification. Here's what that means. I was guilty. I was guilty of every one of these sins. I'm guilty of all of this. I've done this. But here's what just here's what here's what the justification means. That even though I'm guilty of all these things, Christ wouldn't let me wear it. Christ wouldn't let me wear it. Christ wouldn't let me wear and wear, wear me down. I deserved everything that was coming my way. I deserved all the punishment that he ever had for me. But he became guilty, so I wouldn't have to be. Come on! So this is what happens. I knew you lied. But hey, I just I just took care of it. I know you spread that rumor, but you don't have to be that way anymore. I know you gossiped, but I took care of it. I know you were angry, but I took care of it. I know you complained, but I took care of it. I know you wanted blood, but I took care of it. I know you lacked self-control. I know you were a busybody. I know you ate too much. I know you were jealous. I know you were lazy, but I took care of it. I know you cheated. I know you were little money. I know you were lustful.
This is your choice to pick it back up. It's your choice to live that way again. It's your choice to be shameful. But Jesus died for it. You put it back on and you relabeled yourself. That's when Jesus comes back and says, Brother, why? I've already taken care of it. And when you allow the Holy Spirit to work in you, it's come on! When you've allowed the Holy Spirit to work in you such a way, and you try to pick it back up again, guess what? It don't stick anymore. And when you try to pick it up, you should have picked it up. Pick it up! No, you don't have to live that way anymore. Come on! Then you're not that person anymore. Come on, come on. 